0: Hello everyone, Uh, my name is Ravi Sharma, I'm the Director for England here at the Royal Pharmaceutical Society and today I'm joined by Helen Williams who's a Consultant Pharmacist for Cardiovascular Disease in Lambeth and Southwark CCG.
1: Yeah, so my name's Helen Williams, I'm a Consultant Pharmacist, I've specialised in cardiovascular disease for the past nearly 30 plus years probably, and uh, I worked across hospital, uh, primary care, including running specialist clinics in in general practice, and now more involved in the commissioning side and some of the strategic um, issues. So I worked for two CCGs in South East London, Lambeth and Southwark, for the Academic Health Science Network in South London, known as the Health Innovation Network, as a CVD lead there, and currently supporting a national AF programme, looking at improving the detection and management of AF across the whole AHSN network in
0: England. My goodness, there's only one of you, isn't there? There is only one. i spread pretty thin. <laughs> oh. So um, it's been really great. So the, Over the last week in particular, we've seen some massive NHS announcements around the role that pharmacists can play, particularly in preventing cardiovascular disease as well. And more recently, on the same day as this announcement, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society launched their Cardiovascular Disease Roundtable report as well, highlighting the important role that pharmacists play around the prevention agenda, but also playing a key role in ensuring people get the best and safest use out of medicines. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role at, at, in, in Lambeth and Southwark?
1: So yeah, so in Lambeth and Southwark, I'm the uh, clinical lead for cardiovascular and that really involves looking at where we might need to improve the care of our patients. So key areas in cardiovascular are around hypertension, detection and management, you know, despite all the work that's gone on for the past uh, 20 30 years and following the national service framework in 2000 we still have a huge gaps in the detection and management of hypertension and we also have quite a distinct population uh, in lambeth huge ethnic mix which isn't necessarily reflected across the whole country tend to have younger patients so if we can get them early and treat them early we might have uh, better outcomes so a piece about all of the sort of cardiovascular service uh, provision for our patients um, and obviously a piece about safe prescribing of cardiovascular medicines and are we truly optimising um, our, our medication and dealing with the patient's concerns and, and supporting them in, in better adherence.
0: And just it uh, does your role in the AHSN also feed into sort of the role that you have within Southwark and, and Lambeth as well?
1: Well I think the, the beauty of the role of the AHSN working across organisations is the opportunity to share what we've learned, spread what we've Um, what we've delivered locally. So one of the big programmes we've delivered in Lambeth and Southwark is around AF Uh, a programme called Virtual Clinics which is actually picked up in the RPS CVD report Um, and this is where we took specialist pharmacists and um, took them into practice really to look at every single unanticoagulated AF patient to see whether that was appropriate and we saw a big shift in the rate of anticoag across the two boroughs and a reduction in stroke which is clearly what we're really treating these patients for Mm. and since then we've rolled it out through the ahsn in south london to another two boroughs initially and now to another two boroughs beyond that and it's been picked up as a demonstrated program by nhs england with 23 ccgs having um, this program rolling out at a national level with um, with nhs england funding and hopefully further beyond that if that proves successful as a pilot
0: phenomenal incredible stuff So you may have seen earlier this week there had been some recent news about the NHS trying to pilot new approaches, particularly using community pharmacies, to support the early detection of cardiovascular disease. Could you tell us more about your views on this and what you hope it could potentially achieve?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, as I've said, we already know we're not picking up high blood pressure uh, where, it's, uh, where, you know, where it's present and early enough so we can treat patients before any of the damage occurs. AF similarly, although the rates of AF detection have picked up with the, with the AHSN work that's been going on. And also cholesterol. Um, cholesterol was dropped from the GP contract, the COAF, a few years ago, and since then the number of cholesterol Tests has dropped and we believe that the management of cholesterol has also suffered as a, as, as a result. So pharmacists are ideally placed to meet a different population. You know, there's a cohort that are always, you know, constantly through their GP's doors. But there's a group of, of people who don't necessarily need to engage with GPs, particularly men in the sort of target age for CVD prevention, you know, from mid-30s to, to mid-50s, unless you're ill, you don't necessarily see your GP and it's an opportunity but you do tend to go through pharmacy I think they say 90% of adults use a pharmacy every year so an opportunity to engage um, our younger and particularly our younger male uh, cohorts to educate them about lifestyle so pharmacy already offers services community pharmacy smoking cessation uh, you know advice about diet and exercise but also alongside that now the possibility to make full diagnoses and to initiate um, therapies Mm. so for me it's about pharmacists being able to take a holistic approach to patients not just little bits of tasks around prevention but actually manage that whole picture for individuals in that multidisciplinary team Mm. so clearly the GP needs to know Uh, pharmacists and GPs need to work closely together but it's an opportunity for pharmacists for patients sorry to access care in different ways
0: Put in. So I think you just touched on that really nicely. It leads on quite well to the next question. So we know that with these new changing structures within the NHS, such as primary care networks, integrated care systems, Integration often is the term that keeps keeps being popping up and keeps being used. How do you envisage a if you could have a wish wish list? How would you envisage a really good integrated system to look around cardiovascular You know, working well with hospital, community, and also general practice teams. What would that what would good look like for you?
1: Well, I guess as pharmacists, we need to be more integrated for a start. We can't really complain that the system isn't integrated, but while we work in our little hospital, primary care, community silos. So one of the projects we're doing at the moment, which is part of a uh, NHS England um, programme for medicines optimization, is looking at, well, how can hospital, primary care and community really integrate across the pathway for high blood pressure? Yes. So d- using that model of specialists supporting generalists, bringing the hospital pharmacist out to work with practice-based pharmacists with more complex patients and supporting uh, them in, in their management, but also linking community pharmacy into monitoring blood pressure you know, patients pick up their medicines once every two months. The pharmacist, community pharmacist, has more contact with patients than any other Absolutely. healthcare professional. Yeah. And the opportunity to really build on that is key. So I think we've got to get our house in order a bit and work together better as pharmacists. But also uh, really critical is going to be the relationship between primary care networks and their local uh, practice-based pharmacists within that network and the community pharmacist, uh, particularly where new services that may be based in community pharmacists come, pharmacies come along. Yeah. The need for um, for funding really for pharmacists to be able to support these, but also the willingness of of um, practices to accept yeah. the services that they're offering and see us as a partnership and not a, a threat to their local services. So actually we're all trying to there's plenty of work to go around. We're all trying to do the best for the patient. Yeah. And we need to work out where the best place is to deliver some of these um, services.
0: Great choice. So keeping patient choice open is absolutely, they actually, absolutely brilliant. You know, you've done incredibly well with the Lambeth and Southern models. You know, I've watched it from afar and, and you know followed it with lots of detail and as you mentioned it's highlighted within our report How have you really made that happen? You know, we're looking at people across the country trying to make those local models of care happen, particularly within the local commissioning environment. How, you know, what seems to have worked really well for you in terms of that delivery? And what was your learning that could be shared with others around the country?
1: Uh, It's tricky to know whether it's just because I've stayed in one place so long. (laughs) Everyone eventually thinks, I was just going to have to listen to it and get on with it. But um, partly I think it is about credibility as a clinician and, you know, demonstrating um, your credibility across the board with non-pharmacists as much as with pharmacists. So I worked as a hospital pharmacist um, team leader for a long time in cardiac, working with cardiologists, um, going from the point where, you know, they were resistant sometimes to taking the advice of a pharmacist to them going, oh, Helen will tell us about drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we're just interested in all the stents and all those exciting things. And, and, and someone else will make sure the drugs are, are, are properly used and optimised and, and support our our more junior doctors. So you need a base of credibility, I think. Um, you need to obviously work with all the different disciplines and be able to communicate effectively so the message i give to a pharmacist yep. and community versus a practice based pharmacist versus a cardiologist they might all need different messages uh making sure you give people an opportunity to to comment and consult yep. and respond to their their concerns so i don't necessarily have any power to make things happen mm-hmm. all, all i can do is move the system in the, in the, in the direction that i think is um the right way for us yep. to go um, and, you know, trying to work with everyone, bringing everyone along, rather than um, people seeing it then as a challenge, yeah. so trying to demonstrate to them the opportunities where actually if we work together, we can produce much more than the sum of our individual um, elements.
0: Yeah. and and just do yeah, you think you alluded to it so, so what what have been some of the challenges in for you, for you in particular being trying to set up something like this have you have you you know i'm sure with anything you know in implementing stuff there's been challenges you know what what's sort all of those have you experienced
1: yeah i think uh, there's always some a bit of professional tension between different groups um issues around funding are always yeah. a problem shared access to records yeah. because actually you know, really for community pharmacists to be able to take on what they really could take on if they were empowered to do so, having that broader um, ability to read records but also to write. Absolutely, Because yeah. um, often we're stuck with patients being a go-between which doesn't make sense mm. in, in in the current age of IT that we have, we should be able to make things work more seamlessly for, for the patients and for the um, professionals. Um, and sometimes, the, well, one of the biggest challenges we have at the moment is the financial c- circumstance we're in. Often you need to invest a bit up front yep. to make change happen and try to get anyone to invest <laughs> up front is, is, a, is a real um, challenge. Yep. So it's working out where the um, potential levers are within the system to say, well, actually, while we might have to invest here, there will be savings, uh, particularly when I mean we're fortunate we do have emerging evidence base around things like virtual clinics, yes. practice based pharmacists. Um, and and the opportunity now our virtual clinics have usually been pharmacist to GP. Now we're doing the virtual clinics much more pharmacist to pharmacist and try to bring community pharmacy in uh, to demonstrate that that real value across the whole um, patient journey.
0: Brilliant. So one of my last questions um, Helen is a bit more personal. You are an incredible leader of our profession particularly in cardiovascular disease. I'm sure there's many pharmacists that aspire to be a consultant pharmacist in cardi- cardiology in the future. Is there any recommendations or any advice you could give to pharmacists who are, who are trying to go on that, on that journey?
1: I think try to get experience from outside your current organisation. I think really consultants need to be working across uh, the traditional boundaries, whether that's secondary to primary care, whether it's across multiple secondary care organisations, looking at uh, you know strategic uh, opportunities for pharmacy to move into. And I think that is um, really where you learn a lot about how the NHS functions uh, when you start putting your foot outside your traditional um, boundaries opportunities like getting on a nice guidance yeah. really good experience great multidisciplinary working and actually you start people seeing you know see your name out there and start to ask uh, your opinion and will want you to be involved in teaching and education yeah. so I think getting involved in those national strategic things are really valuable um, as well.
0: Helen, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Um, And it's, you know, we're really excited to have your opinion and input into our CVD Roundtable report. I know it's added a lot, particularly from the case study example. So thank you very much once again.
1: Thank you.